Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. So anyway, welcome. Today, today is actually Pentecost Sunday. How many of you knew that? I didn't know that till last night. I don't keep up with certain things. And I had a message all rearing and ready to go. And then Lorana said, did you know it's Pentecost Sunday? I was like, I didn't know it was any Sunday but Sunday tomorrow. And uh, I couldn't hardly sleep last night. And I was like, man, I, I just couldn't get this topic uh, out of, out of my, my mind. So anyway, I woke up this morning. I rushed to the church. I woke up late because my dog kept me up, the bonehead, last night. And got here late and, and, and went, into, uh, went into rush mode. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is the Holy Spirit. Before I do that, though, I just want to uh, make mention, we, we, have a, we have some new lovebirds in the house. Not technically new, but about three weeks ago, uh, uh, Stevie and, and Allie Rios tied the knot. Uh, he is walking around with a ball and chain on his ankle right now. Will you guys just stand up? I had the privilege of doing their wedding. They're no longer two. They are one. Whatever she says, he says, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry it's taking so long for us to mention that, but again, congrats, you guys. All righty. So the Holy Spirit, let's just, first of all, I'm, I'm going to break. I got to rush. I got a lot of information to give you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to blast through it. Uh, let's go start with an intro. So basically, today is Pentecost Sunday, and if you're wondering what that really means, it is a, a basically a, a, a celebration, and it's a memory of when the new church experienced the Holy Ghost, which was a promise from Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 2, uh, back in the Bible. So today really is a day about when the church or when the body of Christ or believers experienced what Jesus would, what, uh, promised, and that was the baptism of the Holy Ghost, a baptism of fire and, and a new language. So let me read that, uh, a portion of that account uh, to you, Acts 2. Uh, verses 2 through 4. Now, I don't, all we have is a little bit of stuff on the screen. Because of my change up this morning, uh, we wasn't able to give you the full works on the screen. So just going to give you a little bit. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Can you say one place? This is important when it comes to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in unity, not division. So they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So that's it in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, but basically that is what happened. And that's what we, we are celebrating or going to be, in, in essence, talking about today. There was 120 individuals. Jesus said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait. A promise is coming. They waited 10 days, 
They had a specific perimeter that they could not uh, move outside of, and they stayed in this perimeter. Then they was praying in this upper room, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came in as we just read. So I'm going to really talking about the Holy Spirit today as opposed to just this day, uh, the day of Pentecost that, that is actually being celebrated uh, uh, across the world today uh, as far as in churches. But something that I really, really want to make mention to you on a personal level is how important the Holy Spirit is to me. For me, uh, I, I have like order of or, order of importance when it comes to my faith and my spirituality. And the Holy Spirit is in the top three for me. Uh, I put a lot of dependency upon the Holy Spirit for a lot of reasons that we're going to dive into today. In my life, number one, there's salvation because nothing would matter without my salvation uh, coming from Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Uh, Number two is the Word of God. If you don't have the Word of God, you don't have nothing. We access God through His Word. We hear God through His Word. We are led by God through His Word. We are directed by God through His Word. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it, it would be kind of like buying a mo- like, a, you know, those model cars or those model planes and having all that stuff, you know, those things that comes in a million pieces, uh, but yet not having instructions to put it all together. Well, that's kind of like how the Word is to our faith. There is a lot of complications, there is a lot of deep issues, and there's a lot of directives when it comes to our faith, like a big giant model car that you're putting together. And the Word of God helps us to build a life that God has called us to live uh, through faith. And then for me, number three is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit... Uh, enables me to do what God has called me to do, empowers me to do what I can't do, comforts me, leads me, uh, and the list goes on. So just so you know for me, like I put a lot uh, of stake into the Holy Spirit. And it has really become that way when I first started out in ministry, when my mother-in-law had a little serious talk with me, and it wasn't about her daughter or how I was treating her daughter, it was about the Holy Ghost. Me and Lerana had just taken a very big leap of faith of going full-time preaching on the road uh, without me having preached no more than five times. Yes, I started preaching full-time without me even preaching five times in a church just because I felt like God said, Jonathan, I want you to go and preach. And uh, it was very scary. It was very exciting. And she had this little serious talk with me, and the little serious talk was that you need to be as sensitive as you possibly can with the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will help you. He will empower you. And I can honestly say I've had hundreds, even thousands of conversations with people. And out of all these conversations that I've had with people going on for 30 years in the context of ministry, this one has stood out to me and I have never forgotten it. And it was said to me in 1995. Uh, So, For me, the Holy Spirit is a very, very important part of my life, and we're going to talk about that today. Hopefully, it will become or is a very important part of your life in your journey of faith. So there's five sections that we're going to rush through today. The first one is the foretelling of the Holy Spirit. When you look at the Bible, if there is something that is foretold, especially foretold 
multiple times in the Old Testament, then you can count that it is very, very important. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we see that it was foretold numerous times prior to the arrival of the Holy Spirit as it manifested there in Acts chapter 2. I'm only going to give you a couple of them, though. So the first one is by the prophet Joel. We talked about this this past Wednesday night. So Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 29 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I will pour out my Spirit. Now what's very interesting, this was a prophecy by Joel, but in Acts 2, If I was to read the whole thing to you, you would see that the Apostle Peter rose up after this experience with the Holy Ghost and he began to preach a message. And one of the things in that message that he repeated was this prophecy right here. And when he started that message out to these people, he rose up and he said, this is what Joel prophesied. And he began to quote what Joel had prophesied. So right there in Acts 2, when Peter preached, he was confirming that this prophecy that I just read you was a current experience that Joel Joel had prophesied years and years and years prior. Just for the record, over 3,000 people ended up giving their life to the Lord after that message. So there was another prophecy actually in the New Testament by John the Baptist. And this is Matthew chapter 3, verses 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Another prophetic utterance. Not necessarily, quote, categorized as prophecy, but yet definitely a prophetic utterance utterance by John the Baptist, who operated in the spirit of Elijah, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. And he foretold, he prophesied that through Jesus Christ, there would be a baptism in the Holy Ghost that will accompany fire. So just for the record, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we can just know that it is a very, very, very. Can you say very? Look at somebody and say very. It is a very important aspect to our faith simply from the standpoint that it was prophesied prior to it happening. Number two, let's look at the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's read, uh, what do we got here? So let me read you this. In John 14, 26, Jesus told his disciples, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Let me read that again. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So one of the things that we have to remember about the Holy Spirit and why he is so important to us is that he teaches us and he reminds us. What does he teach us concerning? What does he remind us concerning? He teaches 
and he reminds us what God has already said. The Bible. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. All that I have said to you. You can look at the Bible and think, my gosh, how can I remember all this? If you're like me, you can't. I don't, I, I don't remember details, and I am a visual learner. So having a big black book with a lot of white pages and a whole lot of black lettering doesn't do my mindset very good at all. I have a tendency to read... There's been things that I have read for over 20 years, and if I was to repeat them to you, I couldn't remember them. And I, I can paraphrase really good. It's just my mindset. I, I struggle with that kind of stuff. But I can honestly say there are times when I am in a moment of ministering, whether it be one-on-one, -on -one, small group, in a setting like this, that there is things that comes to me, there is verses, there is statements, there is stories, there is scriptural references that comes to me right at the moment, right at the time that I need it. Is it because of me? No. It's because at the time that it's needed, the Holy Spirit is doing exactly what Jesus Christ told his disciples that the Holy Spirit would do, will remind me and teach me according to God's Word. Now, it's not only when I am in the context of ministry, it's in the setting of me seeking God for my own self. When I need direction, when I need wisdom, when I need to know what to do in a circumstance, the Holy Spirit at the right moment and at the right time reminds me of something that the Bible says. But guess what? If I don't know the Bible and if I don't read the Bible, then I'm not going to have any kind of groundwork for the Holy Spirit to work with. Let's say someone gives you a car to fix up and you have all the desire in the world to fix it up. You have the car, you have the ability, but are you going to fix that car up if you don't have the tools? Come on, talk to me. I know you ain't deaf nor mute. No, it will not happen. It's the same way with God. He gives us blessings. He gives us directions. Sometimes he gives us things to fix up. And wives, that's not your husband's. We have the ability. I saw that, Pat. We have the ability we have the calling, we have the power, but if we don't have the tools, if we do not have the Word of God, then we, don't, we do not have what we need for the Holy Spirit to help us on our journey of faith. Amen? So when you, let, let's move on. So again, importance of him in our lives. So I just said he teaches and he reminds us. The Holy Spirit is also a source of revelation, wisdom, and power. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 10 through 11, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. Get this. Even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for their own spirit within them. 
in the same way. Can you say same way? No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. If you want to know the mind of God, you got to know the Holy Ghost. If you want to dive into deep revelation of God opening up mysteries of Scripture to you, you better know the Holy Ghost. If you want to get deep with God in the deep waters of the Spirit, you ain't going to get there by reading some book, listening to some good message, or singing some good praise and worship kumbaya song. You're only going to get there via the Holy Ghost. Amen? The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. John 16, 8. And when He comes, talking about the Holy Ghost, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Have you ever set out to do something? Now, now this can be in your B.C. days before Christ or your A.D. days after Christ. Have you ever been on the verge of doing something or maybe you did something and it just was not right? Like there was a misery associated with it. There was a restlessness associated with it. And there was just this knowledge like this just, it, this just ain't the right thing to do. And it been, the, been, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt? Well, guess what? That's the work of the Holy Ghost. That's another reason he's so important to us. I'll be straight up honest with you. There would have been times I would have got myself in a lot of trouble because I didn't listen to my wife, but I listened to the Holy Ghost. There's times we can get ourselves in trouble if we don't recognize the Holy Ghost at work in our life. Because the Holy Ghost convicts us. He gives us a warning. He's like the little Jiminy Cricket in the Pinocchio story. He reminds us, hey, you're going too far. Hey, you're saying the wrong thing. Hey, you're doing the wrong thing. Hey, you're with a group of people that you, you shouldn't be with. Hey, you're at a party or, the bar, or at a barbecue. It's getting out of hand. You don't need to be there. Hey, wake up. Hey, believe. Hey, stop talking this way. Hey, stop thinking this way. Hey. Look at someone and say, hey. He's listening. Hey, the Holy, now that's, that, that's how the Holy Ghost talks to me. Hey, the first time I ever stood in front of a church group of people, first time ever, I remember. I don't even, it wasn't really a message, just they brought me up to do something. The first thing I said, I remember standing up there and I was probably, my heart was about to come out of my chest and I was like, Leaned over to the mic, hey. And it probably cracked a little bit because I was going through puberty, right? And, and, I was, and, 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 and as a boy, your voice cracks. I was probably like, hey. Because I was nervous at the same time and it's always worse. Anyway, hey. The Holy Spirit gets my attention with, hey. Sometimes it's, hey, you idiot. Yes. I was raised here in rough, rough lingo and shut up and idiot and moron things don't bother me. It don't offend me when the Holy Ghost says, hey, you idiot. If you was to say, hey, idiot, I would probably say, hey, idiot, back. I don't know. 
But that's how the Holy Ghost convicts me, lets me know that I'm about to do something stupid. The Holy Spirit is a source of power. We are still on number two, the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is a source of power. Acts 1.8, Jesus told his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. In other words, whatever it takes for us to be a witness, for us to live our, for us to live our life right, for us to work in supernatural power, for us to have whatever it takes to do what God has called us to do, that power to do so and to be so comes from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit gives us power no matter where we go. And this, the, the little ending uh, locations here, Judea, Samaria, uh, or Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth really covers everything. It means our home, it means our region, it means our nation, and it means the world. I don't have time to jump into that to prove it to you, but please take my word for it. That's what it means. So the Bible was saying the Holy Ghost is going to give you power no matter where you're at. In your home, in your region, in your nation, and in the world, wherever you may go. The Holy Spirit gives us power. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, 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 shortly. Check this out, 1 Corinthians 2.1. And when I came to you, brothers, I did, not pro- I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. I'm very weary of slick talkers. For I decide to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Remember that statement right there. In weakness, in fear, and trembling. And my speech and my message, he kind of repeats himself here. He was trying to make a point. In my speech and in my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but, can someone say but? It's a big but right here. But in demonstration of the spirit and power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. The Spirit and power go hand in hand. So this is Paul talking, the Apostle Paul. He came into this church, or he was writing to this church saying, hey, I I haven't come to you with, with all this education, even though he was educated. I haven't come to you with man's wisdom and man's knowledge. I haven't come to you with slick words and slick talking and slick messages, but I come to you in one simple measure. I come to you in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I come to you in the power of the Holy Ghost. But he added something right here, which is very, very, very unique to me. Sometimes people have a tendency to think that if you you have the power of the Holy Ghost, work in the power of the Holy Ghost, or experience the power of the Holy Ghost, you're not going to deal with fear, you're not going to deal with worry, you're not going to deal with doubt, you're not going to be weak, you're going to be some superhuman follower of Jesus Christ that the devil can't touch. But that is really erroneous to what Scripture really teaches us, because check this out right here. He says... And I was with you in weakness. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking, who was full of the power of the Holy Ghost. He says, I was with you. I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear. The man full of faith. The man that was shipwrecked three times. The man that was built by a viper. The man that was stoned and left to dead but rose right back up. He said, I was with you in fear. 
and I was with you in trembling. But yet he was also with them in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's important for us to realize two things right here. That you can go through seasons to where there is weakness. You can go through seasons to where there is fear. And you can go through moments to where there's a lot of trembling because you don't know what in the heck is about to happen in your life. But it does not change and it does not lessen and it does not pull from you the power of the Holy Ghost. In my experience, the times that I preached when I was weak, the times that I preached when I was in fear, the times that I preached when I was trembling and in confusion and struggling, is the times in my life when the Holy Ghost showed up the most, produced the most power, and had the most outcome from His power. Amen? So know this. The Holy Ghost is important for power. The fact of the matter that we're going to go through weakness, we're going to go through fear, and we're going to go through seasons of tremble just shows us that there's going to be moments that we just need the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I get it right on? What time is it? 11 on there. Number three. Fruits of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, chapter, or chapter 5, excuse me, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is, I would like for you to repeat after me, please. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness, self-control, thank you, against such things there is no law. Now this is what the Holy Spirit produces in our life right here. This is more important and should come prior to the power, the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible teaches us in the same area of Galatians 5 that we have a choice to make. We choose to either live by the flesh, which is a sinful nature, things that opposes God, and it has a whole list. I think it's a list of 16 or 17 sins that the Bible actually says if we practice these things, we don't inherit the kingdom of God, which is in part a way of saying we will not walk with experience or live by the Holy Spirit, and it says a few things, and then it begins to go on and say or teach about the fruits of the Spirit. And it says that if we live by the flesh, then we will produce these, I think it's 16 sins, but if we live by the Spirit, we will produce these nine fruits. Now, the, very, the Bible is very clear with something. It, 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 it says, and I'm sorry, I, I can't think of the verse where it's at actually. It says that we know a tree by the fruit it bears. So if you're bearing fruit of hate, the fruit of love is not in you. If you're bearing fruit of lust, the fruit of love is not in you. 
If you are bearing fruit of rage, anger, violence, abuse, the fruit of peace, the fruit of patience, the fruit of kindness, and so forth, is not in you. Now, do we make mistakes? Can everyone say, oh yeah? But there is, and I've taught this before, but I'm just going to say it again. There's a difference in making a mistake and practicing a sin. Ever so often you come across a rotten piece of fruit on a tree, even when you maintain that tree very well, correct? Growing up, my granddad had an apple tree, and we would pick from that apple and, and just eat it right then and there. It was absolutely organic. It was organic before organic was even a thing. But there were times when you would notice there was a worm, there was a hole in that apple, and if you proceeded to take a big old bite in that apple, you are going to get a little bit of protein mixed with that plant. And that protein is going to be a bit squishy and a bit mushy and might have a little in your mouth. Ever so often, you're going to come across a tree that has a little bit of rotten fruit in it. But you don't judge that tree by the one or two or few pieces of rotten, fr rotten fruit. We judge the tree by the practice, the habit, the totality, the generalization of what it produces. You know a tree by the fruit it bears. Am I making sense this morning? So if you're sitting here practicing said sin, then we can basically realize you're not practicing the fruit of the Holy Spirit and Houston, come on, you guys know this. Houston, we have a problem. So it's very important to realize what we practice in life truly does determine what we produce by the Holy Ghost. Either we're going to produce the fruits of the Holy Ghost or we're going to produce the fruits of flesh. The Bible teaches that there is life through the Holy Spirit, and it teaches that there is death through the practice of sin. So the choice is up to us. Move on to the fourth one, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, has to do with supernatural gifts. It has not, nothing to do with, with power. I'm going to read you something. They're going to hit the pause button. Uh, and then I'm going to continue just to kind of create some clarity here when it comes to gifts. So we are in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 11. Now, there are varieties of gifts. Can you say varieties of gifts? Very important to know this. But the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who powers them all, who empowers them all and everyone. So right here we have a category of three types of, uh, lack of better term, functions, roles, and abilities that we have as a child of God. So there is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there is the services of the Son, and there is the activities or the abilities that come from the Father. So basically what, 
what we have right here is supernatural gifts comes from the Holy Spirit. Gifts of service or servitude comes from the Son. And then natural abilities and talents, activities that we do in life, comes from the Father. I don't have time to break into all that. What's really important to realize here is what comes from the Holy Ghost because that is our topic. What comes from the Holy Ghost is not just a service of servitude, even though the Holy Spirit might lead you to perform a service of servitude. It's also important to realize a natural talent or an ability, a natural activity that you do in your life, even though might be led by the Holy Ghost, is not an empowerment by the Holy Ghost. So I can play the guitar. That is not that is not a power from the Holy Ghost. That is just a natural ability of practice and practice and practice, but it's also a mindset to be able to wrap my brain around everything that is involved in that that comes from God himself. It's just how I'm made of it. Some of you, I'm blown away by, by Matt Wonkum, his ability to, to work on engines and what he can do with engines. That is not a gift of the Holy Ghost. That isn't an activity or a talent that comes from God himself. Difference, Right? Now, I don't have time to, to get in, in, inside all three of these things, but I want you to recognize the difference. Now, let's read exactly what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. Starting with verse 7. To each. Can you say each? To each. That, that means each one of you. Each one that was in the Corinthian church. Each one that will be reading this that considers themselves to be a child of God via Jesus Christ as their Savior. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each. To each of us, we've been given the manifestation, the outcome, the work, the production, the produce of the Holy Spirit for everybody's common good, not to make ourselves rich. How many of you seen certain individuals use the gift of the Holy Spirit in their life to make themselves rich, wealthy, or whatever, or for some glory? Uh, I have, and it's pretty sick. In a bad way, not sick in a cool way, you know, sick in a bad way. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to, to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is gifts or powers of the Spirit, not of the Son, not of the Father, of the Spirit. These are abilities that goes beyond our own personal ability. It's supernatural power operating through us to the benefit of all. That little experience we had a, a few moments ago of me speaking in a funny way and then giving a word from God is two gifts in operation right here. It's a message in tongues, and it is an interpretation of tongues. Now, you can take these gifts, and you can divide them in three ways. You can divide them in, with inspiration, you can divide them into revelation, and you can divide them into power. Inspiration is being used to inspire people 
from the word of God. Revelation is details. It's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And then you have the gifts of power. That's the miracles, that's the faith, and that's the healing. And each one of us has been called to operate according to the will of the Holy Spirit, however he chooses. But you and I, we have to be willing and we have to be available and we have to allow God to use us. Now, what I've experienced in my life is God used me with a few of them on a regular basis, but God used me with all of them whenever he needs and whenever I'm available. So God uses me consistently when, it, when, when, it, when it, he really uses me when it comes to uh, inspiration. He uses me, what's very interesting is when I am outside of a pastoral role, but let's say I am in a role to go to a church and, and, and just to preach. He uses me in the, in, in the revelational gifts, which is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and revelation. And he has used me ever so often, not a lot. I have asked God for it. I've asked God for the signs and wonders. I've asked God for the healing. And I've asked God for the supernatural uh, uh, amounts of faith. And it has only happened a few times in my life where I've laid hands upon people and there was a miracle, there was a sign and a wonder, there was this crazy amount of faith that removed the mountain. I don't know why, but it is not an area that God has consistently used me in. You remember uh, Kevin Powers that comes? So he's used in the gift of revelations, but he's also used in the gifts of power. He has laid hands upon many sick people, and they've been healed. So what I'm saying, I'm just wanting you to realize when it comes to the Spirit of God working with us, we each have been called by God to be used by His Spirit in an area of supernatural power. And you don't have to be on the platform behind a pulpit, per se, to be used by God. You can be at your work. You can be on your job. You can be in the community. You can be at a barbecue. You can be at whatever. And God can use you to either inspire somebody. God can use you to give a revelation to somebody. Or God can use you to lay hands on somebody with the power of His Spirit manifesting and they be healed. Amen? All the glory does not come from the platform nor the four walls of the church. I would debate someone and say most of the glory can happen in the highways and the byways if most of the people would get connected with the Holy Ghost and realize the Holy Ghost wants to empower them with one or a few of his gifts. Amen? Number five, receiving the Holy Spirit. There is a teaching that says you receive the Holy Spirit only when you speak in other tongues, which is, now some people might debate this, but I got the platform today, so I'm going to say this. To me, is erroneous because Acts 2.38 and a whole lot of other verses that I could read to you says this, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, can you say, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You receive the Holy Ghost when you receive Jesus. It's that simple. Now, there is another experience that we're not going to jump into today when what 
I like to label as the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and it's a different experience than salvation, and we got Scripture to back that up too. But what I want you to know so that you are clear and you're hopefully not led astray in thought or deed or expectation is that you do, you do not have to be at this point of speaking in tongues to receive the Holy Ghost. If Jesus is your Lord and your Savior and you believe that he died on the cross and he resurrected from the, from the dead, you have received his Spirit which is the Holy Ghost, and that Spirit will lead you. That Spirit will comfort you. That Spirit will empower you. That Spirit will keep you connected with God. That Spirit will be an importance factor in your life, and, and He will even be a best friend to you if you would just listen and learn to develop an ear to Him. Amen? So today we celebrate the day of Pentecost, which technically means we celebrate the Holy Spirit because it was the day the Holy Spirit was given to the followers of Jesus Christ who had unofficially become the New Testament church. He promised it. He said, wait, it was so important It was so important that he told his followers, he said, wait, wait in Jerusalem. Prior to him saying wait, and what they witnessed of Jesus before he ascended was he was like going to all the world and make disciples. And the Bible says that Jesus did more miracles in the time span of the resurrection and the ascension he did more, that there's not enough books to contain everything that he did. And some of his followers witnessed that and saw that. And I could guarantee you, man, they, they was biting at the bits. They was ready to rock and roll for Jesus, save this world. Because they also remembered the statement that he made, greater things than these shall you do. So they were raring, they were raring, they were ready to go. But the Holy Ghost was so, so important. He said, wait. Just wait. He didn't tell them how long they were going to wait. He didn't tell them what was going to happen in, in the time of waiting. He just said, wait in Jerusalem. Wait. And then they received the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were free. They were free. They truly experienced the freedom of Christ. If you really want to experience the freedom of Jesus, get to know His Spirit. Be led by His Spirit. Be empowered by His Spirit. If you really want to have the advantage of God's promises and principles and God's truth, get to know the Holy Spirit. Develop an ear for the Holy Spirit. When my mother-in-law uh, in 1995 said to me, Jonathan, the, the most important thing you can do starting out on this is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. She, she didn't give me no point one, two, three, this is, what you, this is how he speaks. 
This is how he works. This is what you need to do. She didn't say nothing like that. All she said is you just need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the only thing I knew I needed to do was begin to develop an ear to begin to recognize when the Holy Spirit was leading me to do or not to do. And I can honestly say to you that it has transformed my life. Not just in, 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 a, in a ministry context. I, I, I try not to just speak from a ministry context because very few of you can relate to a ministry context. But just in my life, I've done a lot more than just minister through the years. I've had so many jobs to help me minister. I have lived life to its fullest. I've met, had relationships, hundreds and even thousands of people. I have lived a full life. And I can honestly say that I've been able to live a full life. I've been able to stand when I was weak. And I've able, been able to be blessed when people was cursing me. I've been able to rise up above the destruction and the work of the enemy. I've been able to say no when I wanted to say yes. And I've been able to say yes when I wanted to say no. I've been able to turn down positions and turn down jobs and turn away money. That would have benefited me and benefited my family. I've been able to do so much just simply as a child of God, not as a minister. Simply as a son of God. Because I really took to heart what I was told in 1995 and I applied it to every single aspect of my life. Jonathan, just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And it has done so, so, so much for me. Has it made my life perfect? No. Has it enabled me to have a plethora of money? No, I wish it had. Have I got everything I ever wanted? No. But it has it allowed me to be who God created me to be. Has it allowed me to go where God has called me to be? Has it made my life better? Yes. God is not a respecter of people. If you would be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, your life with God will be utterly changed. You will have good moments and you'll have hard moments. He'll lead you to do things you don't want to do, but then there'll be moments he leads you to do things that just completely blesses your socks off and blows your mind. And you're like, wow, I cannot believe I'm actually experiencing this. Because what the Holy Spirit does is transition you to be in a position to experience the goodness, the wonders, the blessings, and even the corrections of Almighty God. I can honestly say I wouldn't have survived without a friendship with the Holy Ghost. And I've had my moments of ups and downs. There's been moments when I've been really close to the Holy Ghost. And there's been moments and seasons where I wasn't. And I had to return back to my first love. But whether I was on fire or whether I was a bit cold, 
I can honestly say to you, the Holy Spirit has always been there with me and been there for me. And as long as I returned, as long as I kept being sensitive, and as long as I asked the question, Holy Spirit, what should I do? In due season and in due time, he responded and he led adequately. And I just want to admonish you today, encourage you on this day of Pentecost. Let's make this more than just about what happened in the church. Let's make this about what can happen in our lives when we maintain a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.